It's me, Erin. Thanks for joining us on the More Love Podcast. Do not tell Rebecca, but this podcast is about empathy. She likes people to think she's dead inside, but the truth is she's a big time feeler who has truly helped me uncover that empathy is my superpower. Here she comes. Hey, bestie. Hi, love. What are you doing? Oh, just getting ready to host a podcast. A podcast? About what? Oh, life. Our life as best friends who are more like sisters. Ah, yay! I love us and I can't wait to share our stories with the world. Especially the ones that involve us pushing each other, right? To be our most authentic selves. Oh, man. Okay. Are we going to France? What is happening? Are you a mime meme? What is that thing called? What are you doing? Wee wee. Wee wee. What are you doing? Oh, I don't know. France. Excuse me one moment. I can't turn my phone on with my fancy glove. You better be surprising me with a plane ticket. Cannot recognize my face. Okay, just some things happening here. Okay. Bienvenue les amis. Juvazuna nimi. Close. Oh, mother, mother, shitter. <laughs> Bienvenue, les amis. Jews of Udemy. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to France? Bienvenue, les amis. You wish. What is it? Let me put this back on. Quebec City. Oh, we're going, yeah. Is that where we're going? Quebec? Road trip. Montreal? Guess what? Oh. I wore this shirt specifically. Stop it. Did you just do an accent that wasn't <laughs> Asian? <laughs> I don't even remember what accent I just did. <laughs> I wore, this, I wore this shirt specifically today because it goes with my France theme. Yeah. Okay. We're international. What do you mean? We have French listeners? We have moved on. Stop it. To having some listeners in France. France. You know, my daughter is obsessed with France and wants to speak French and go there. She's so excited. Well... Maybe I think we, can we have at least three listeners in France. I love that. So, Some croissant and oh, That's all I want to do is eat. So I just put into my little translation system mm-hmm. that... <laughs> okay. <laughs> means we, we have listeners. And it means uh-huh. welcome friends. Stop. Yep. But I'm glad that we're making fun of the French before we... What's making fun of it? Really? <laughs> Look at yourself. What is he talking about? <laughs> you're, you're a freaking... <laughs> what do you mean, Scott? <laughs> Are you guys serious? I'm not making fun of anybody. I thought you were a mime. That's actually, that's what I thought. I thought this you is, Do you know what a mime is? Yeah. yeah. I think she's oh, really... no. I actually don't. <laughs> what is it? What does a mime do? Is it yeah. they p- pretend it, they're in a box or it, something? It never it never offends people when you dress up as a stereotype of them. <laughs> this is a stereotype? I, I think so. <laughs> See, maybe you are the dead well, inside. We're no longer international. <laughs> people, people are all done now. All but done. If you had the person's name, then we could personalize it. What if I was like so if you're listening or watching right now and you're in France, uh, send us an email. Yes. Because that'll be that'll be great. And tell us how fun to do our and and send us a picture of you wearing your normal Yeah, send us a picture of you with, with your beret and your ascot or whatever. Okay, so the beret might be a little much. Actually, the rest like of the, it is the beret right is on. in my cart in Amazon. Here. Mm-hmm. I wanted I want can I have this? Well, I was going to return it, but why do you want a beret? Because I want to. I want to wear it in Disney World. What does that mean? I'm going to wear it in Disney World. For I can't put what? It on. Why would you need that? It's part of my outfit. What? Why? Are you going to? Uh, you going to Epcot? You going sure. to France? <sighs> do you want one glove? Here. <laughs> no, you could be like Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got you got a nice little red um, leftover on the oh, top yeah. of your head, which is really nice. Got it. So, anyway, international. That's great. We're international. That's great. We've officially Congratulations. made it into France. That's pretty cool. This shirt was right on mm-hmm. with today's outfit choice. So, <laughs> I didn't realize. I actually do like the red. Yeah. You know, the contrast you got going on. Look and at my the fact hair. that you took the time to, to match everything mm-hmm. with the red beret, the red 
I mean, you border you borderline look glasses. stewardess. So it's basically oh, the yeah, same outfit stewardess. that I made us wear. That's right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, flight attendant. Flight, yes. Flight attendant. Yes, excuse oh, me. Oh, it's I'm not sorry. 1965 anymore. Excuse me. Can you believe we're international, though? I know. It's really cool. What the heck? It's really cool. Maybe they want us to do a guest appearance live. Live from Paris, the yeah. Love Podcast. Oh, see, oh that's what? good. Scott, again, that good. Scott, with you the freaking voices. Nail it. Again. Nail it. <laughs> nail it, nail it, nail it. Do Mr. Pig one more time. Mr. Pig! <laughs> that was my damn favorite. Okay, I listened to that one the hair? other day. It looks like I had a rough night out at the bar. I mean. This is not okay. Hang on. You talk for a minute. I take my headphones down. Okay. We have exciting news. Should we share? Yeah. Erin and I the other day sat down. No, don't share yet. Oh. It's part of the show. Oh, okay. Well, then should we part do of the show. voodoo shit? And I'm sorry that you don't know it's part of the show because <laughs> you have right. no clue what Did we're ever talking memo? about. Should we do hippie but voodoo shit? we need shit? to start with the, the hippie voodoo. Okay, let's do it. Yeah. <coughs> Talk so, about a tease. <laughs> so, right. Oh, the other day we... Oh, just kidding. Well, that, actually, it's pretty good because I'll, what I'll do is I'll set the intention for what we're going to share. Okay. Does that sound good? Let's see if okay. that's really what happens here. Okay. I'm going to leave this on. Yeah, it's really cute. I think it really matches my outfit. Mm-hmm. Well, until you start to get the heebie-jeebies because you don't like I how it feels on it. your neck. Don't bring it up. I know how you are. Oh, loyalty. Okay. Nice face. Okay. <laughs> loyalty. It's the Knight of Pentacles. Okay. Um, and he's on the uh, sea turtle. So loyalty. Pentacles. Are that is that like tentacles? But no, I think it's like coins. Oh. I think it has to do with money. Which we need. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do. Knight of Pentacles. Full of pentacles. <laughs> loyalty. This knight is not dashing. He's slow and steady, planning his moves with care. He may not be charming, but he is loyal and trustworthy. So any offer he makes can be taken seriously. <laughs> he often appears in readings to show business investments and projects to have good future potential i can't am i a witch (laughs) in property he is associated with choosing the perfect home this is the right time to make a serious decision about your long-term future if i couldn't have set this shit up better i know advice hard graft may not be exciting but the results will bring you great fulfillment hard graft Mm -hmm. what does that mean i don't know you're the smart one (laughs) isn't isn't that isn't that like a bribe hard graft g-r-a-f-t is that how you say it it? yeah that's how you say it listen here's the key words order planning trust work property investments and progress there it is Graft, to cause a scion to unite with a stock. Why are we using the word scion with the word graft? I just got more confused. What to is scion? Sense, tr- what the hell? Whatever. All I can think of when I hear the word graft is skin graft. I know. Remember so, when they took it out of my, in between my boobs? Yeah. <laughs> that little, that little, um, skin cancer <laughs> that grape, little grape some- size. There's I'm like, he's going way down. He's going way down <laughs> to like, get there. I'm like, pretty soon I'm going to see her ventricle. <laughs> there's, <laughs> no, a- there's no subject in existence that you two can't make disgusting. <laughs> there's no subject in existence that we can't relate to. We have it. We Crazy ass shit. In fact, bring something up. Guarantee you. Yeah. We can, <laughs> right. We can. Yeah. yeah. And make it as crazy as possible because I guarantee you that's the best story. Remember, remember when we were on that subway in Tanzania and that UFO came and dropped all those cows? Yeah. Speaking of okay. UFOs. <laughs> You have it. You're like the internet. Mark's convinced at it's some true. point he has been abducted or will be abducted. Oh, that the, by he, alien he life has forms. Been. That's oh, why he yeah. is the way he is. That's why his brain is the mm-hmm. way that it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd like to officially welcome all of our wonderful listeners to a brand new show of more love. I don't mean this session. I mean, Aaron is... Uh, I want to say back, mm-hmm. but I don't know if everyone has known me as being with it before the <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to elaborate and tell you a little bit about what I mean as we go on this really interesting journey, which is my way of getting us to 
the tease that you brought up in the beginning about what we're doing now. So <clears throat> hold on, strap in, everybody. <laughs> Which also speaks to the fact that I don't need to plan anything because I already know what you're going to do. I know. Because I can just read your soul. I know. You already you already know exactly what I'm about to talk about. I do. Yeah. And we haven't talked about it at all. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start back at 2015. Great. Don't get bored. Don't get bored. I promise. Buckle up. If you don't Don't know anything about Aaron, there is details coming. (laughs) Don't get bored. All right. Wait a minute. I I didn't put my damn roller gel on. Oh, well, it's creativity for today. Because that's related to what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. Ew. You just happen to know that. It's the leaky one again? Just roll it. Yeah. Just do that. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. That's not great. What is that? Your love whistle. Your harmony whistle. Yeah, I'm bringing us back. Okay. Central. Go. 2015. So I'm sure it starts before then, but I'm going to start you in 2015 with the fact that I tend to be the type of person that likes to do every single life event all at one time. So between 2014 and 2015, I got engaged. Mm-hmm. I was um, living in a condo, which I sold, um, moved into a new house got pregnant with my son, was planning a wedding, which would be in 2014, Um, finishing my PhD. I actually defended my dissertation one month after the birth of Carter and um, decided I was going to start a new job Mm -hmm. all within legit one year, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which just sounds so It was 2014 now. 2014 into 2015. Yeah. Because Carter was born in the beginning of mm-hmm. 2015. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. But um, let's just preface this by saying I had just told you that I was pregnant and you told me that I was ruining your life. And right. then you went and did all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you want to double down on that? Yeah. I got this. <laughs> I got you want to ruin my life? I got this. <laughs> so I did all those things. Yeah. And that was just in a one year time frame. Right. Um, in addition to me getting this new job, I then was overseeing a health and counseling center which was a new role for me, an important role for me, because I was overseeing medical doctors. I was overseeing nurse practitioners. I was overseeing counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, and But they also prefaced it by saying they specifically hired you. Yes. Because of your expertise, because this was a, the departments were a dumpster fire. And when I say dumpster fire, it's next level. Mm-hmm. So they chose you. I believe the words were um, challenging personalities and difficult management right. styles. Right. And you're like, I'm all in. And so here I am. I'm all in. I got, I got a baby at home. Right. I got all this stuff. And right. I'm like, oh, that's absolutely what I do. Yeah. 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 Which right? you did do. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Went in, in there. Mm-hmm. I really created really wonderful bonds with these people. Mm-hmm. We did really wonderful to work together. Yeah. I you still, still, yeah, I'm happy to speak with any and all of them yeah. who um, reach out to in me. In fact, I'm working with one of me. them coming up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Some of them even went on my 40th we went on birthday trip. With them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a great move. They were but great personalities. It was, that was rough. Mm-hmm. That was rough. Yeah. That was a lot of energy and management and long nights that were needed to manage this group of people because they had just been so... Um, unable to successfully navigate their working relationships with each other for so long that the toxicity had built up to a point that was almost unmanageable. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking like 26 or so staff members. It was a lot. So during that job, um, in addition to managing a very challenging work environment, um, we also had a double murder-suicide that happened on campus. That's right. That was there. Yeah. And it was a very prominent um, captain of the women's basketball team Mm -hmm. who got murdered in addition to the captain of the hockey team. And the- Who did the murdering? Nope. The ex-boyfriend of the woman on the basketball team did the murdering. It was a stabbing. And it happened right near campus. Yes. Um, Student housing. And- so because I'm in charge of the counseling center at that time, certainly we are alive and well, first to act, you know, in a lot of this tragedy. And it was a massive 
tragedy. That was really hard. It I remember that. It was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, I remember being an emotionally difficult for me because I had my baby mm-hmm. at home. Well, and it was also close to the end of the semester. Yes. It was very close to close. graduation. I, rem- I remember the... Very close. And you had literally... Had you just started or was it a year? It was about a year. It was about a year. So you're still. But it was very intense. I remember, I remember um, vividly, this was the first time that there had been a death of a college student that had uh, two college students that was very brutal. And I myself now had a child. Yeah. And so the over-identification for me of, oh my God, this is someone's baby. This is someone's child. And I remember needing some sense of control and all I did was fold his laundry. Mm -hmm. I just constantly needed to be folding his laundry. And I remember thinking, God, that's such an interesting reaction, but I went with it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, it's not hurting anybody. Just Mm -hmm. I felt the need to fold my son's laundry Mm -hmm. as a way of trying to calm myself. I was exhausted. I was called in at six o'clock in the morning to go to our emergency center. That was a really, really difficult professional journey. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm helping in sort of com- some of the crisis command pieces. But Not only also that, but I remember staff. because of because of the way you are you articulate and communicate. I remember you being brought in to the PR people with the president. Oh yes, and you were asked to design and create the communications that were going to be public. The amount of pressure, I just got chills, the amount of pressure that must have felt mm-hmm. to do justice, to do, oh, I can't even imagine. And that's not your job. Oh, no. That's Nor not is your that my job. expertise. You are right? just, but people looked at you on, you were there not even a year. You had mm-hmm. made such an impact on that campus that people are like, I know who to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Nuts. I know. And, and the campus did a, a really wonderful job of rallying around the community, mm-hmm. but there's so much that mentally goes into that. Yeah. Some small example, if if students set up a memorial place on campus, let's say it's a bunch of stuffed animals and flowers around the tree. When do you remove that? I know. That one small detail mm-hmm. matters. I know. Because there's never a right time. There's never a wrong. There is can be some wrong times to do it, mm-hmm. right? The um, symbol that sort of came out as a uniting force of, you know, we are all one, this is our community, started to pop up all over campus, which was beautiful. But when or do you take those down and what what impact does that have on people, mm-hmm. right? That little minute detail, now take that times 100 because yeah. you're in the midst of an absolute catastrophe, just yeah. a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. So then... Very shortly after that, a woman on the same basketball team as the woman who was murdered dies by getting hit by a semi-truck on her way home for Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And very shortly after that, we had an overdose off campus. Mm -hmm. Very shortly after that, we had a prominent LGBTQ student um, end his life by jumping into a ravine close to campus. And then we got hit with the mumps. And it was a 25 person ish mumps outbreak. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it in a res hall? Um, I can't remember where the outbreak started. What I do remember is that we had some resident director who was pregnant, Mm -hmm. who was in one of the residence halls at the time. Maybe and that's what it that was. that was another layer of like, okay, who's safe, who's not safe? What does that mean for immunization compliance? Right. How much immunization do we have? I mean, when we're talking, holy cow, this was, again, within a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, so it was I, intense. I had just gone from my own personal whatever mm-hmm. to now managing this group of people at Geneseo to the most amount of tragedy I had ever experienced overseeing the Health and Counseling Center um, working with a great group of professionals, but still, wow, that really weighs you down and is incredibly challenging to manage each one of those incidents. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also doing PR-related stuff for the mumps. Mm-hmm. I don't have an MD. I, I have a um, degree in psychology, mm-hmm. right? So I'm having to meet closely with David Irwin, who is wonderful, love that man, who's prepping me 
and basically being like, how would you answer this question? And then I go to answer the question. And he's like, great, that's really wonderful. What if we reined in that response a little bit and had it sound a little bit more like this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it was like a polishing, fine tuning, me working with the medical director. It was a lot, mm-hmm. right, to mm-hmm. take on. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, I'm getting my own business geared up, right? And and running slowly but surely, trying to figure out, oh, well, you know, we kind of started this concern center thing. I don't really know where it's going to go from here. And then I get contacted and asked, would you please come and be our, at the time, the title was Director of Health Promotion, later turned into Director of Wellness Programs and Services, um, asked to come and oversee five departments at another private campus that were around the realm of wellness. So I thought, sure, we're all about these life transitions, right? Let's let's go and do that. Mm-hmm. So I go and do that. Love the people that I am working with there. It is an absolutely amazing group of human beings in these five departments. We're all focused on wellness and prevention, which feels different to me than some of the crisis work that I had been doing. Mm -hmm. My business starts to increase significantly, and we start to really start to take off in terms of, wow, what are we doing? And what does this mean? And what does this all look like? At the same time, COVID then happens. Mm -hmm. So some of the areas I'm overseeing in wellness are those that are directly impacted by COVID. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, Dave Stevens was overseeing the fitness center and the aquatic center. Well, those are two areas during COVID that had to have massive changes and adaptations, Mm -hmm. right? I also um, worked with Tom Connolly to oversee the outdoor education department. Well, they have rock climbing walls. Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to touch each of those individual, you know, hand grips? Mm -hmm. And how are you supposed to clean those? And how often do you need to clean those? Mm -hmm. Also oversaw wellness education classes um, with Michelle. And that was like hundreds of wellness education classes, including ballroom dancing. Well, how do you do ballroom dancing in the midst of COVID? So when I say COVID, I also mean I'm working in student affairs, which is already tapped higher than any other group of people on campus to be in there assisting during COVID mm-hmm. and also overseeing these four or five departments of people that have massive changes. Mm-hmm. So I say all of this before I get into this next part, to say this was this increasing level of stress, strain, strife that I had been experiencing since at least 2015. I'm sure it was probably before that. It was way before that. But the crux of your adulthood, mm-hmm. let's put it that way, your trend it, prior to that was almost like, you know, pre-marriage, like, mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says, but once you get married, even if you've been living with that person for five years, mm-hmm. it's different. Mm-hmm. There is a different level of everything. And so to me, that that is like the pivotal, okay, now I'm a real adult, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. then you bring a kid in, whoa. Yeah. And you bring a kid in five months after you got married. Right. right? So, th- you know, those are... It felt different, even though prior to that, you owned a home. Mm-hmm. You lived with a, you know, you had committed relationships. Yeah. These these things weren't new, yeah. but it's just, and you were always in higher education doing multiple things. But this was just a different level. Plus, you're now at an administrative level that's just yep. much more intensive, yep. which is what we talked about a lot. I'm like, the more you go up, the more intense it gets. Absolutely. And, and I, I go, you now have a kid. And, and at that point, I had a six-year-old. Yes. And I'm like... Your kid's three months old and doing nothing but drooling. What happens when he wants to do X, Y, and Z and you want to be there for that? And you can't because you're handling X, Y, and Z on campus and you have to because you're in charge. Yeah. And true to our relationship, Mm -hmm. you got there a whole lot quicker than I did because what was my response to you? Oh, it's fine. I'll just figure it out. Right. Right? Right. But you're absolutely right. I remember you saying to me. Mm -hmm. You have to keep in mind that your child's going to change and you have to, you were talking about values back then. We didn't refer to it as values right. or you need to get right with what it is that you want to do, mm-hmm. right? But you were having those conversations back then. Mm-hmm. I just was not there for any of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, my career is where I'm going. It's what I'm doing. It's what's important to right. me. I'm going to move up the chain. I'm going to be a VP of student affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was the trajectory. And absolutely. It, it was great. I just wanted you to know. You're making a choice. Absolutely. Just be aware yep. of what your choices are. And in the moment or the, during that time, I was like, no, oh, it's great. Yeah. Those right. are my choices. That's right. absolutely what I'm going to do. Right. Right. So personally, during that time, 
I'm going through lawsuits, mm-hmm. meaning me suing other people. I have never sued another human being in my life. In mm-hmm. fact, I never in my life thought that was even a thing mm-hmm. until I started to have at three, three separate lawsuits. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if I was holding up four fingers at that moment, so I had to look down. Three separate lawsuits um, that I was going through and was blowing my mind because, again, I'm like, this isn't, a, I don't sue people. This isn't a thing that I do, but that gives you a general idea of the level of injustice that had entered my life to the point where I had to have lawsuits mm-hmm. associated with these types of things, mm-hmm. right? Um, stuff was going on family-wise. My parents uh, are living in the in-law suite next door, which has wonderful pluses and really interesting challenges mm-hmm. associated oh, wait, with it. Well, you just skipped over. So then, <laughs> in the midst of COVID and dealing with all this bullshit at work, you decide you're going to build a house. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's build a house. Right. You and I, I don't know how many houses we went and looked at. And during every time, COVID. During COVID. Every time we look at each other, you're like, this ain't it. Nope. And then all of a sudden, you decide to build. I'm like, oh, Not just here build. we go. Not just build. Because this is the Aaron way. I designed the whole house. Right. right. Design all the house plans, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. I know. And in my mind, I'm like, girl, cannot not take on. I know. Everything. Do it all. Right. Just do it all extra. That's all going to be freaking extra. Extra. During COVID, mind you. Literally, we signed on the dotted line two weeks before prices started to Mm -hmm. jack up through the roof Mm -hmm. for, you know, cost of wood, cost of supplies, those kind of things. All these things. But that... We won't even get into those details, but then couple on, not only are you building a home, trying to close out your old home, move into this new home, but now you're bringing your parents in. Yep. So your parents are building this too, who live two who hours away. 70 years old, right. relocating from the place that my father has lived right. his entire life. Right. So now you're, man, there's just significant things and then couple that with building a home. Anybody who's built a home know it's not pleasurable. And then two years after, it's still not pleasurable. So yep. couple all of that together. So yep. you're you're managing that. Yes. And, M- and my your business, business is growing. Is growing. Your child's experiencing some yes. things that are showing up more rampantly than you're yep. used to. Or you're trying to navigate that. There's just a lot of things. It's always this circle of chaos, yet yep. you ex- exude calmness and all even set killed. here. Right. Bring it on. But it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or at least I've convinced myself, right. you know, okay, well, grin and bear it. Right. Make it happen. Right. Right. right? So I had written that down here. Diagnoses. That's yeah. how I was referring sweet little Carter. Right. Yeah. Like we were trying to be like, what the heck is going on here? This is so crazy. Yeah. But between family life, personal life, Carter, um, learning about different things that were going on for him, building this house, mm-hmm. selling my other house, we ran into some Major Some real shit. Real two shit. weeks before we were supposed to move in, that was the craziest. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Mm-hmm. You moved in with me. That I yeah. I you moved had in to, with you. For you two had to weeks. move in with me, and yeah. I'm, At one point, we thought that we were going to have to walk away yep. from the house, mm-hmm. have no place to live. Mm-hmm. My parents had literally sold my childhood home, right? And talk about like weight, right? Nope. I'm like, okay, it's, this is we were where looking, we are. We were looking into long-term rentals. We were looking, I mean, we were doing all the things. Long-term rentals during COVID, during which COVID. you couldn't find. And nope. if you did find, it was $4,000 for a one bedroom. Right. And right? I live in a tiny ass home and I'm like, come in, Yep, come in. And so you remember this? Carter and I came to live with you. Mm-hmm. We slept together on mm-hmm. the couch downstairs. Mm-hmm. Mark, took, I don't even have a spare bedroom. <laughs> no, no. Mark took the cats. Yep. Went to Aunt Sherry's house. Yep. Lived there he for two weeks. He and the cats lived there with Aunt Sherry for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They lived it up. It was like sure. bachelor life between the two of them. Yep. And I'm single mom living right. on your couch right. with Carter, going back and forth between like daycare mm-hmm. and this event and that event or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was. And part of the reason you chose to live with me is because daycare was next door. Yeah. Your daycare was next door to. That was number 400 on the list. Where I live. But but you could have. One was, that was my dream. (laughs) Because I took care of you. I kept for you every day. Remember when you made me my um, mocha drink in the morning? And I take a sip of it. I'm sitting on Bertha, Big Bertha. Mm -hmm. And I take a sip of it. And I'm like, damn, you make the best mocha iced coffee. And you said, that's because I put hot fudge in it. (laughs) And you, you take out this hot fudge. It's got like, no joke, four 
gobbing scoops of hot fudge in it. Yeah. I'm like, of course that tastes great. That thing is 4,000 calories. <laughs> but uh-huh. it's delicious. Yeah, but you needed it because you were not in a good place. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, move into the good. house. Yeah. Right. Oh, that still had its own issues with it. Right. So are we hearing the buildup here yeah. of ridiculousness? Yeah. I then decide, because why not? Right. We're leaving higher. Right. We're leaving higher. I'm going to do my job. Yep. I'm going to do my job, uh, my concern center job and do that full time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's growing. This is great. And bring Rebecca into that. You know, finally. My favorite, but wait, I need to say, just because we have to. Every time you and I have a career change, we have a tradition. Yes. Every time. Yep. You want to tell them or me? You. So. Where do we go? <laughs> back back in the day. If you read our timeline on our website, it is quite funny. And someday maybe we'll talk about it. But back in the day when I originally decided to jump ship from higher education, we always joked about how we were going to go to the strip club. Always. Just us. Just us for lunch. Yeah. We're going to go to the we're strip club go for lunch. It, we're going to meet chicken wrap. Right. <laughs> at the strip club. And I don't know why. I think it's because it was the halfway point between both of our jobs. You worked at the one campus down the street. I worked at the other campus. I'm like, let's meet at the strip club. It was like a running joke. Well, the day the I day left higher ed, yeah. we... Which was like 10 years ago now. Right. Yeah. God. You said, you said, I'll meet you at the tally ho. I'll meet you at the tally ho. Okay, I'll meet you there. So we drive to the tally ho. We get out of the car. We're and all we're ready. ready. We're, we're ready. ready. We're going in. We we're look at each other. In. I'm like, we can't do it. I can't go in. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to go in the it. minute that some boob <laughs> flies at my face. I'm losing it. I can't do I it. I can't do it. So, we so what did we do? We took a picture with the tally ho in the background. We did a selfie with the tally ho in the background. And we're like, tally ho. And then, in our mind, and then we got we in the car it. and we left. I think right. we went to Hobby Lobby. Right. So that was my leaving higher ed. So, of course. So, yeah. So here it is. I so, leave higher ed. Right. right. Which took me at least another seven years right. after you left. Right. Because we all know it takes me longer to exactly. agree to things. So we meet at the tally ho. Where did ho. we go? <laughs> here's my favorite part about that. We go to the tally ho. I know. I know. And we're like, okay, ready? Are you ready to go in? It's lunchtime. Right. Okay, we got this. Right. right. And then we get out of the car and we're like, still can't do it. I still, still can't, can't do, do it. it. Right. So we take like, the fine, picture. Fine, 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 fine. Just get the selfie. <laughs> so we take the picture and then we both are like this. We don't the, look so good. What the hell happened to us? <laughs> I think you said, compare it to the last one. Compare it to the one from like Seven 10 years, years ago. ago. So we we take it out. We look at both of them. I'm like, what the hell happened to us? We look like we this got is, run I'm like, over. number one, this coat I'm wearing is burned because it, I look like an old woman. And I'm like, look at all the wrinkles on your face. You're like, this is not okay. I know. So I think, no joke, we took at least 27 pictures. At least. Selfies and until we got one. And I'm like, you're like, lift the camera up higher. And then I'm like, get a filter on that. Right? So like, it's not good. So we'll, we'll put a picture up of... Ten years ago, and yeah. then, the, then the recent one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was not good. But let's no. just say we still can't go and see we, the, the badge. Yeah, now we really can't go. Oh, no, not a chance. To, We're not taking to, any pictures. No. You can't, not, leave, can't leave your job. We're not going in the tally ho now. <laughs> We're the oldest biddies in there. And this time, we had a chance ten years ago. Well, but... we might be going back to the tally ho. <laughs> so, not back, okay. what are you, you doing after this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Scott, meet us there. Scott, Scott, bring your camera. This time we're going in. Scott, we got some video footage for you. Oh my god! He, I think he left to get his guitar because yeah, he's he not coming go, up. He had to go sign. He had to go sign for it. Yeah. And then Evans back there. Evans like, oh, he's like, I'm shit. very embarrassed. Oh, no. I don't know what to uh, say. Uh, ah, pretend to be Scott. Awkward. Get him up. Ah. Okay. Fine. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna stop derailing. Okay, it's fine. So. Oh. Look, oh the strip club. Evan! <laughs> yeah. Evan came so, in the bubble. Evan, you're going to have to meet us at the strip club after. Okay. Are we allowed to bring cameras? Is that uh, the No rule? one cares. You Just have stick a stick it in your coat. radio voice, yeah, you Evan. Do. Really? Has anyone ever told you that? Like one other person, but that was oh, it's wow. Scott. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott also says wow. we're great, so I don't know. Yes, if we so, believe yeah, him. Right. You guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> Scott's investing in us, so <laughs> he must know I what just he's can't talking take about. A compliment. That's just <laughs> well. Thanks well, for coming on. Join us at the Telly Ho later. We'll see you at the sure Telly Ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we were now 2015 doing all the shit, right? Oh yeah. I am angry. I'm not sleeping. I am. You mean through this whole time frame? 
as as we get through all of this stuff that is built up to mm-hmm. this happening, mm-hmm. I'm noticing more and more stress. I'm noticing that I'm angry. I'm noticing that I'm on the verge. I'm noticing that I'm snapping at people. Like, I am not okay. Mm. I think if you were to have pulled Mark during that time, he would be like, something got into my wife and took over her soul. Mm. Because I was so, at this point— had just been through all of that stuff since minimum 2015. It was now 2021. But wait a minute. (coughs) Let's be real clear. You're not like that to the public. You're like that to your family at home. Yes. Because you're not like that to me. You're not like that to your parents. You're not like that to the people you work with. No. You're taking it all out on your, yes. what is that called? Your nuclear family. Okay, yeah. Your son and and your husband. Yes. Yes. So I wanted to be clear because to the outside world, you got this. I still got it all together. It's totally fine. Nothing to see here. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And Mark had made comments about that many times. Mm -hmm. He's like, how come I'm the one who's getting the brunt Mm -hmm. of, you know, That's the glory of being married. Welcome. Congratulations. That's what happened. You won the award. Right. Lucky you. Congratulations. Lucky you. (laughs) But I I was genuinely not okay. And so I got on Prozac Uh and, you know, I started on 10 milligrams of Prozac, also known as fluoxetine, for those of you who are interested in in knowing more about this. In the generic version that doesn't cost as much. Right. So this saves you some cash. And it was an absolute lifesaver for me. Mm -hmm. It really, I remember after taking it for at least two weeks, Mm -hmm. I remember distinctively thinking to myself, I'm high school Aaron again. Mm -hmm. And what high school Aaron meant to me was when I was in high school, I found myself or knew myself to be very caring, very loving, very supportive, um, very allowing other people to just completely be themselves, um, comfortable, engaged. This is how the podcast was developed, by the way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Prozac, for the development of this mm-hmm. podcast. And you and that's you brought, what I'm, and that's you brought what me I'm, in to be the angry bitch. That's what I'm, I'm <laughs> leading up to here. Okay. This is where the the hashtag nobody cares came from, mm-hmm. right? I'm on this Prozac. My life is fantastic. I'm feeling a little numb. Mm-hmm. I'm not noticing that I'm not angry anymore. I'm noticing that I just, things that used to drive me batty mm-hmm. are like no big deal, mm-hmm. right? It's just like absolutely nothing's going on. I'm feeling relaxed. I'm loving. I'm kind. I'm not biting. I'm just the person that I knew my soul to be deep down. Mm. And it's important that I recognize that as high school Aaron, because as young as I look, thank you. The Tally Ho picture shows that. (laughs) I have learned a lot since high school Aaron, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. But what this medication was doing, in addition to all of the wonderful things it was doing, was it was also making me less discerning. Mm. It was making me what I would call, and I hate this term because it sounds so negative, but it would make me more of a pushover. Mm-hmm. I'm, would, I'm very clear. I saw that. Yeah, I have a I have a little note here that says Rebecca's reaction because I knew mm-hmm. this is to be the point where you absolutely would be like, yeah, well, let me tell you what the hell I saw here. Especially when I would call you out on it and then you'd Gaslight me and convince me that it wasn't true. Nope, nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. And I just go, oh, okay. Nope, that's not what's happening. It's fine. And here's all the reasons justified why that's not what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. But true to our relationship, I'm like, you're right. You're right. Right. Because <laughs> you knew deep down, she'll figure it that's out. That's right. She'll that's figure right. It out and then I would just continue to plant the seeds, plant the seeds for your birthday, <laughs> give you specific books. And then, <laughs> you know, it's true. fine. I'm, I'm it's very true. aware of how to word this true. relationship again, works. Here I am not knowing anything. I'm like, right. oh, my God, I'm so loving. I'm so kind. I'm so, what a nice human being I am. I'm mm-hmm. so happy. I'm so nice to my husband now. My kid likes me more. Like, we're really great. I'm very go with the flow. I'm so understanding. I'm very much like, oh, it's fine. It's fine, right? Mm -hmm. So say for a moment, you're noticing at this point that I'm what? Well, because I've known you so long, I watched you, I've watched you go through all of your tendencies for 20 years. And so when you decided to embark on the Prozac journey, um, what I noticed was, A, I appreciated the shift that you weren't feeling as anxious and angry. Mm -hmm. Like that, 
that meant more to me than the other things that were happening. But then when I started to question you on things and you wouldn't see them, I would think to myself, okay, normally she would see these things, but that's not happening. And so the revelation for me was when we had that discovery that Mm -hmm. I just get there way faster than you. And we actually talked about that. That helped me to realize that it's not, I should still keep saying what I'm saying and still keep questioning because at the end of the day, she doesn't dismiss it. She just doesn't get it immediately. And so I have to think about it longer. Right. right. But, but then when, when we really intertwined our lives, when I came on to work for Concern Center is when I was noticing the anger. That's when it, it shifted from, you wouldn't call me to talk about it and to, to debrief it and to work through it. You would just, it's just enmeshed. Mm-hmm. I watched you scream at Mark. I watched, I watched all, we remember went on the vacation. Cheese? Remember yes, the cheese? I remember. <laughs> we went on vacation and I remember laying in bed you and Philip's tell like, the cheese story. Yeah, well, well, well Philip's like, I'm f- I don't know what's going on and I don't know why Mark stays with her. Like it was, it was, no, really, it was to that level. And I just remember saying, Philip, you have to remember all the things going on in her life. And he's like, I know, but she's nasty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know, but yeah. At the end of the day, you both in your marriage realized it wasn't you. There was, he, Mark always knows that you're, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the epitome of when you went nuts was <laughs> we were at your house and we were, the kids were playing and you were making tacos and you never make dinner. Usually I do. And you said to the group of us, now my family, we eat late. We eat at like nine, 10 o'clock at night, every single day. That's, that's not abnormal. It's you guys eat at five because you're a hundred and it was probably six o'clock. And in your mind, I know you in your mind, you're like, I don't want to eat too early because they don't eat early. And, but I'm starving. I don't know what to do. So you ask the group, is anybody hungry? And everybody said, no, we're fine. We don't need to eat right now. And within two minutes, we're all standing around the Island. Within two minutes, Mark goes to the refrigerator, Mm -hmm. takes out a bunch of cheese, starts Mm -hmm. cutting it up and eating it. Mm -hmm. And you lost your shit. Like I've to the point Mm -hmm. where Philip looked at me and he's like, should we leave? Like Mm -hmm. it was bad. Mm -hmm. I remember saying, are you eating cheese right now? Right. When you just asked, he's he's over here cutting the cheese, right? (laughs) Getting right. Right. Cutting the cheese. And then he's like going to eat it. And Mm -hmm. it's it's like this close to his mouth. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are you effing eating cheese right now? Mm-hmm. And I lost, lost it. it. I just asked everybody who was hungry, what they wanted to eat. I'm mm-hmm. over here hungry. I'm not eating because I'm waiting for all you guys to decide when it is you want to eat. And if you're going to eat some cheese right now, then either obviously you're hungry. Oh my, I just Right. When he could have just said, it. I'm not ready for dinner, but let's just have a little yep. snack. Like right. it, it right. could have been approached so many anyway, but that right. that was the, that was your breaking point. Yes. Literally, it was, I mean, and we've seen you freak. Yeah. I've seen you freak numerous times, but this This was so consistent. This was before the Prozac. So I I got on the Prozac after the cheese incident of 2022. Yes. (laughs) But that was just an example of some of the stuff that was going on Mm -hmm. for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I then get on this Prozac and the Prozac is, is really helpful. I really, again, feel much more connected to myself. I'm, I, it was a, was a wonder drug mm-hmm. in my mind, which is really so funny because me where I needed it. I was on Cymbalta <clears throat> because I got shingles mm-hmm. and they told me I got shingles. A, I'm 40 years old with shingles and that's not normal. And he, he had said to me, it's because your anxiety and your stress is now physically taking on and you will constantly get this. And I'll tell you what, that sucked asshole. Mm-hmm. Like that was the worst. So He's like, we're going to do this in Balta because it's got the nerve components in it. And I remember you and I chatting mm-hmm. and when you had started the Prozac and I had said to you, I'm really not liking this. And you're like, well, I'm loving Prozac. Yep. <laughs> so then yep. I switched over. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was someone close to me who was like, you're not on Prozac yet. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I talked to you about it. And then mm-hmm. I talked to a couple other people about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it. Still to this day, I swear by it as being the thing that allowed me mm-hmm. to really transition from all of that stress and strain and buildup and cortisol and all of that all of stuff it. to really being able to get to a good place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what my doctor likes to tell me, because I was so resistant, he's like, it will take the emotion out of everything. And at that, that was what I needed to hear because mm-hmm. I'm like, I am, every decision I make live comes wire. from an emotional place and I'm a live wire, yeah. which 
clearly I was taken down physically. And he's like, you will be able to logically make decisions. And that's exactly what it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But to an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, here's the other thing. We all know mm-hmm. my body is incredibly sensitive. Mm-hmm. I can drink one glass of wine. I'm three sheets to the wind. Right. Right. Um, so I had you gone have to take a half on- a Dramamine. I know. I, I kids, kids, half I of a kid's chewable dram. I, I mean, right? Because I just drink all your wine. Aha, mess. Right. It actually works out for everyone. <laughs> it does. It really does. But the reality was that this buildup in my system over, and I, I was on 10 milligrams, which is not even a therapeutic dose. Mm-hmm. When I went up to 20, 20 milligrams, mm-hmm. we were at the um, mm-hmm. NASPA Strategies Conference. Mm-hmm. And remember, I thought I had COVID because mm-hmm. I was such a disaster mess. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even in a therapeutic dose, but the buildup of the system over the time, I started to realize when I was at rock bottom. So I'm feeling great. My kid is responding favorably. My husband's responding favorably. But I'm noticing that while I'm on this Prozac, that I'm not discerning. I'm not making decisions for myself. I'm incredibly lackadaisical. I really... Um, I'm allowing other people to take control over what's happening in my life. And that had an interesting side effect as well, because I wasn't able to see it until now. So my kid was responding to, wow, mom has a significant lack of care and boundaries. So he would even say things to me like, could I have this Pokeball or could I have this, you know, Beyblade? And then he would say, it's all right if you say no to me sometimes, Mm -hmm. mom which is nuts, right? Mm-hmm. An, an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old right. at the time doesn't say that, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that gives you some indication of where this kid's like, it's okay, mom, you know, to have a boundary on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was allowing things in my personal life to just people get away with whatever they wanted to get away with. It didn't matter. From my business perspective, when you heard us talk in Girls All Gone or um, some of the other episodes where you'd heard us from a business perspective, I was really taking a step back and other people were driving the decision-making. I was not questioning things like I should have been. I was not feeling like I was able to step into my light. And again, I wasn't attributing that to, well, I'm on this medication that is in some way, shape, or form not having me present as the way I usually was. Instead, I was like, this is just who I am. This feels great, Mm -hmm. right? I am someone who is collaborative and allows people to step up and all of this stuff, which is part of the problem in a future episode we'll talk about, is when one of your maladaptive behaviors Mm -hmm. or one of the things that are maladaptive, like being overly empathic, comes about, it's really hard for people to say, I need you to stop being so empathic, Mm -hmm. right? Because other people are benefiting from it. Oh, not for me. True. I do. I would say to you, we're going to have a conversation after this phone call because... Um, I need to, I need to show you what just went down. Mm-hmm. You didn't see it. No. Even though we would talk about it, you would, you would think about or it. Or I would be able to excuse it away. Correct. I'd be like, well, I know so-and-so <laughs> has the best interest in heart, or right. I know and I'm that like, we're working mm. on something. Right. Now, and you couple that with the fact I'm a first time business owner. Right. Right. And I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yes. I'm just coming to you and being like, I just see this and it doesn't feel good, but maybe I'm off. And you're thinking, well, I've known Erin to be an incredibly discerning, boundary driven, you know, person. She just must be in this place the whole time. Me not realizing that this measly, cute little 10 milligrams of Prozac was having a bit, just a buildup, right? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like this in the very beginning. But no. after I've been on it for two years and my poor liver is like, we can't even handle a glass of wine, lady. What are you doing to us? Mm-hmm. It started to have this massive impact on so many areas of my life mm-hmm. that it was to the opposite extreme. I was still motivated. I'm still working. I'm still doing all these things. But I hit rock bottom in my personal life, in my professional life. A lot of the stuff that you were hearing us talk about and Girls All Done mm-hmm. Related to the fact that I had just so significantly adapted my personality and thought, well, this is just as healthy as it gets. This is great. This is what it's supposed to be like. Right. And then I started to notice people would step up to take over it. You got more assertive. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. kids saying things to me, like I mentioned, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, well, you can say no to me about this. Mm -hmm. My parents started to step up more and Mm -hmm. take more control over things, which I would be like, why the hell are they stepping in here to Mm -hmm. do this kind of thing? This is annoying, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the parent. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. I like to refer to that time in my life as aimlessly functioning. I was functioning. Mm. I looked like everything was okay on the outside. I actually looked like I was the coolest, most calm person in the world because 
nothing really phased me. Mm. And I can't remember the defining moment for me, but I do remember that there was an incident with my dad who had asked my son to do homework after I had told Carter that he had had a rough day and he didn't need to do his 15 minutes of homework that day. And my dad's reaction was incredibly strong. It was something along the lines of, he will be doing his homework. Why would you tell him he doesn't need to be doing his homework? And I immediately went back to 10-year-old Aaron living at home. And here I am, this 40-whatever-year-old woman at the time. I can't remember if I was 41 or it must have been 41, thinking to myself, I'm confused. I would normally react very strongly to this. Mm -hmm. Normally, if I was my normal self, I would say, Dad, he's my son, and I have said he will not be doing his homework tonight. You can get rid of the 15 minutes of homework that we're doing. You can do 15 minutes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. I said, Cardi, you got to do your homework. Mm-hmm. And it was one, I remember talking to you about that. And I remember that being a turning point for me that then led me to a really wonderful dinner conversation I had with Darlene mm-hmm. at Grandpa Sam's. Mm-hmm. Which we're going to. Right. I now owe you a Grandpa Sam's dinner. You sure do. Right. You tried to tried to snub me with a coffee. I know. Mm-hmm. I said, I'll buy you a coffee if you do this thing for me. And you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll do a Grandpa Sam's dinner for it. And I'm like, I can't. You just, I can't. So I go to dinner with Darlene and this was a very pivotal moment for me. Um, Darlene is a therapist by training, also a very good friend of mine and really helped me see in this conversation the ways in which I was not stepping into my own light, being surprised about some of my reactions, talking about past um, sort of family healing that needed to happen. She was like, what happened to you when your dad said X, Y, Z, you know, response to you? It was a really beautiful conversation. And in the midst of that conversation, she said, you need to read the book Codependent No More, which you heard us talk about a couple podcasts ago. So I end up reading Codependent No More, ends up being one of my top three books I have ever written in my entire life. Written or read? Re- read. <laughs> you definitely That's said Now I officially top three have books it. I've ever written. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. I'll just take credit for that. That's fine. That's fine. You are writing the sequel. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need a new edition of that. I'm on it. Yep. Okay. So I um, read that book and I end up being swept away by one of my really close friends for my birthday for a four-day trip to Fort Lauderdale. All I have to do on that trip is sit my ass on a beach, skit near the ocean, and listen to my book. The last 15 minutes of the book, I'm like, I'm walking by the ocean. I'm literally walking up and down the ocean for the last 15 minutes. In that moment, now, a little, little small caveat here. I had not been taking my Prozac at that point for about three to four to five days. Now, Prozac has an incredibly long half-life, so it usually takes a long time to get out of your system. But again, we know my system is different mm-hmm. than other people's systems. So I start to feel some of the effects associated with not being on this Prozac mm-hmm. to the point where the person that I'm on the trip with is like, everything okay? Are you annoyed? Are you right? And I'm like, oh, a little bit. my snappy fire's coming back. That's really <laughs> interesting. I wasn't pissed and I wasn't angry about anything, but I just noticed like this little part of myself that was still very much me started to come back. And I love that part of myself. She's a little like nasty. She's a little like biting. She's a little like, no, we're not doing that. Right. So here I am off my Prozac for a few days. I'm finishing codependent no more. I'm walking down the beach. I finished the last 15 minutes. I throw my hands up in a hallelujah pose. And I'm like, it is all clear to me in this moment what the last 2015 to this moment standing on the beach is for me. I then sit down at this picnic table with a girl that I went with. And I'm like, let me lay this out for you. I then go on to tell you every detail about Mm -hmm. what happened. Mm -hmm. And it is in this moment that I realize I cannot be on this Prozac, at least for the time being. I need to allow my system to calm itself down. Mm -hmm. I had lost some of my edge, some of my boundaries, some of my specifics associated with how you have empathy with boundaries. I had been had to get to the lowest of low point when it came to just being, again, high school Aaron, caring, loving, wonderful Aaron that everyone 
loved to be around and was like, oh my God, tell me more about that, but was missing this really distinct part of my personality. And you know what that was? The 20 years of experience that mm-hmm. happened between high school and who I am today. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing. It's, it's actually it's actually 24. Whatever. What's 25 for you, asshole? Shut up. We graduated the same year. <laughs> Whatever. It's always going to be an extra year for you. Whatever. So I finally get back this fire of myself that is not the angry, lost her shit person before Prozac. Right. But not the rather numb, um, go with the flow, nobody cares person during Prozac. Mm-hmm. But I am now in this blissful place of having used Prozac as a tool to learn the strategies I needed Mm -hmm. and to bring myself back to the loving, caring, wonderfully supportive version of myself who has absolute boundaries. Yep. How do I know I have boundaries? Because I go to the YMCA the other day to drop my kid off for basketball. And there is a woman who is walking in to drop her two young boys off. And she keeps saying things like, okay, boys, walk up. Okay, boys, check in. Okay, boys. It took every single fiber in my body to not immediately turn to this woman. I am not making this up. You know, I swear to God, (laughs) turn to her and say, calm it down. They're fine. Can you get your head out of their ass and let them sign in for basketball? You know what Aaron on Prozac would have said? Oh, what a good mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, she just cares so much. Oh, I'll just wait here while you. So the snappy part comes back and you know I got to watch it because I'm beep, 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 like the whole time. <laughs> I will say the things no one else wants to say. And that is the story of how we then arrived. As I've gone through this whole journey with you. I've told mm-hmm. you the whole freaking thing. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? This is the teaser alert. <laughs> well, we're on. So you're telling me all this, and I don't remember the pivotal moment of when it must have been when we were on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't." You said to me, "We're we're having this beautiful conversation." I'm like, "That's so awesome!" And you're like, "Oh, by the way, I, I we have a meeting with a marketing strategist." Mm-hmm. And I said, "For what?" <laughs> and you're like, yep. "I can't." And she, you're you're like, "Just show up." So. I say to you, that's totally fine. I, I'll show up. And I realized that when we were having this meeting with her, I unexpectedly took a trip to Texas. So I say to you, I say to both of you, I can't be on the Zoom. Otherwise, you're going to see me packing because I have to throw crap into a bag and get to the airport while we're on our call. Our car was supposed to be 20 minutes and it was an hour and 10. Correct. So I'm doing my best to hold my shit together because I don't want to not listen to this conversation because it was actually beautiful. And you and I are not talking. Mm -hmm. I'm just on the call listening. You are having this whole conversation with her and she's asking all the right questions in my mind. Mm -hmm. And she's She's asking you, it was a, it was a um, marketing conversation about the podcast, mm-hmm. but she's asking me these questions that I never thought to ask. And then all of a sudden I had a light bulb moment and I'm not sure if you did too at the same time, but we got off the phone with her and I called you as I'm pulling into the airport and I said, and as I go into the bathroom, so I'm pushing while I'm on the phone with you, it's fine. Right. Yeah. No, I think you were um, having a diarrhea attack. Could have been. Yeah. Cause I had too much coconut milk. Yes, That's yes, what it was. Yes, yes. Yes. And I call you and I say, <laughs> I am very clear about where we're going. And I'd really like to start a business because I think that would be great. And that's, I always see us doing something together, but this is what I see. So for you the s- first time in my life, right? I do not say, I don't think so. Right. I think what I say. Right. Absolutely. Right. I need to come over to your house today. Right. I'm going to come over. We're going to figure this all out. We're you going to have it all taken care of. Do you have markers and big paper? You yeah. said yes. I do. I said, I have to finish some of these questionnaires that I'm doing. I have to do whatever. And then I will be over. Right. Which I then promptly write to you about four hours later. Four hours say, later. I'm really tired. I right. think I got to go take a nap. Right. Um, we'll just chat about this later. And I, what did I say? And you said, okay, sounds great. And just be real clear that before that, you had said to me, okay, well, don't be like doing the logo or like coming right. up with the name of the business or whatever. Because you so, did it for the freaking podcast. I show you, you read. not only did this podcast become a thing, you created an entire intro. You wrote everything. I know. And then called me and said, hey, wait, you want to do this? And it's then free? you called me and you're like, 
I have yep. an idea. Would you like to be on a podcast? But you say, don't be doing this, whatever. So I right. go upstairs, take myself a little nap. Right. I wake up. There's seven text messages from you. And it, you have screenshotted these images and logos and shit that you've come up with. You've named the business. No, no. I did not name the business. I'm sorry. You came up with the three that you liked the most. I asked some computer programming. Yeah. <laughs> Chat GPT. Chat, I asked Chat GPT. I gave some things yeah into yeah. this yeah. computer program yeah. that then generated 45 names and then i yeah. went through and bolded the ones you I decided you liked four of them and then proceeded to create logos with right. those names in specific spots and fonts and then sent them to me which then had me in a complete panic because now you're again off to the races i don't like the logo i don't like the name i don't like anything so what does my ass do get up go down to my computer hop on zoom you get on there and in literally one hour, mm-hmm. we have a business name. Mm-hmm. We have a website theme. Mm-hmm. We've secured the domain. Mm-hmm. We've submitted the LLC paperwork. Mm-hmm. We have created a logo. Mm-hmm. We've created a Facebook group. Yep. We've created a background image. Yep. And so let me be very clear with people that the goal of how we arrived at all of this mm-hmm. was that Aaron getting off Prozac... <laughs> Was the reminder that it's okay to be empathic and loving and caring, Mm -hmm. but have some really clear boundaries Mm -hmm. on how far that love and that empathy goes. Because ironically, that's the most loving and empathic you can possibly be. Mm -hmm. When I was in the place where I lacked boundaries and I was, again, aimlessly functioning, Mm -hmm. the world around me started to get really complicated. Mm -hmm. I started to enable people. Things were starting to happen that were not at all helpful. Mm -hmm. The thing that you've remained steady on this entire time, and one of the reasons I think people like this podcast, is that, yes, your boundaries come in a whole lot quicker than mine do. I'm much quicker and able to give people the benefit of the doubt for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. But what happens is you come in with a cutting remark, mm-hmm. I come in with the love, mm-hmm. and we always end in a similar place mm-hmm. when I'm not on Prozac. Mm-hmm. When I was on Prozac, I'm just loving people the entire time, and you're having to step up more and be like, no, mom, we hate this. Yeah. Remember, this is not okay. This is not what it. the heck is wrong with you? Right? Right. And so this new business that we are creating that I'll tell you, have you say the name because I know you love it. Just give me a second here. <laughs> is going to essentially be the umbrella business that will house under it Mm -hmm. the More Love podcast and Mm -hmm. the subscription service that we will be starting to offer. Awesome, Scott, the video that you did uh, last week for the listeners. Um, It will also have research that is being done in terms of empathy with boundaries. From us. Yes, right? Mostly you. It's me, guys. It's mostly you. It's me, but whatever. (laughs) There will be... um, Books written, articles written, presentations, trainings, opportunities, with our goal being specifically that people in the helping professions, whether that be student affairs, whether that be nursing, whether that be nonprofits, whether they be caring, loving people, are allowed to be exactly who they are. But we also need to focus on making sure that we're giving to ourselves, we're having boundaries, we're stepping into our own light, and we're finding ways to not have to bleed excessively for everyone else around us so that we don't have something left. When I'm not on Prozac, that is something you and I do beautifully well. Mm -hmm. And I had to go through this entire journey Mm -hmm. to let people know that at the end, the birth of all of this (laughs) is this new business that we are pushing out called Empathic Edge. Empathic Edge. Empathy with Boundaries. boundaries. I'm so pumped. And what I'm mostly pumped about, which you didn't say, is our our hope is that we're going to create live groups, mm-hmm. live groups and even maybe down the road retreats and things where people can come together and do real work and um, experience life. And we connect, can connect and we can we can show and teach people how you can have this beautiful, soulful relationship Specifically with other women. Yes. Um, and build a community of love and grace and, and deep, deep, meaningful connection. Connection. Out of the darkness rose the phoenix. Mm-hmm. And so the moral of today's session is that <laughs> it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get to the point that you needed to be at. 
lot. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you've endured along the way. It doesn't matter what you've tried along the way. You have to try those things. You have to be on Prozac if you're me, right? You have to have nasty cheese arguments with your husband. You have to go through these things in order to get to a place where you figure out who am I? How do I step into my light? And then how do I make something beautiful Mm. out of all that has been learned? And for the first time in a very long time, I think both of us, this is why we can create a business in literally one hour, Mm -hmm. finally have pulled together all of the pieces Mm -hmm. that have been scattered around and have made a lot of sense to us Mm -hmm. into this beautiful puzzle that we get to embark on together and that we hope our more love listeners will be a part of. Yes. Will join us in, will participate. Share with their friends. Will share. Build a beautiful community. Will be with us. Mm -hmm. You are with us here on the podcast and we want you to join us into this next really beautiful stage of life. Mm -hmm. And, um, I personally appreciate the opportunity to share just a little bit more of the specifics associated with where we've been and what we're going. And that too is beautiful Mm -hmm. because in its own time, when it makes sense, is the time to share where we've been, where we're going Mm -hmm. and hoping that our our listeners will join us. Hopefully the people in France are still coming. Ah, wee wee. (laughs) I loved that. Me too. Isn't empathy amazing? Well, we're amazing. I don't know about all that sympathy stuff. That's fine. I accept you wherever you are. Oh, God. I love you. I love you too. And if you love us, please like and subscribe to More Love, The Power of Empathy podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.